time to run. The Extra Mile Podcast to finish breast cancer. podcast to finish breast cancer is a podcast for anyone entered in or thinking about entering the national marathon to finish breast cancer on the weekend of february 11th and 12th 2012 in jacksonville florida whether it's the full or half marathon a corporate or relay team or even the 5k or family run this podcast will help you learn everything you need to know about training for the event using jeff galloway's run walk run training method from the race directors and from jeff galloway himself Join us as we give you all the tools you need to make this amazing event a running memory you'll never forget. Hello and welcome to episode 3 of the Extra Mile Podcast to finish breast cancer. This is your host Kevin and I am out today a bit earlier than I typically head out the door. Got some, uh, got a lunch date, got a meeting this afternoon, so I couldn't wait for the sun to warm things up to the balmy 25 degrees it's supposed to get today. And I'm out on about a five mile run using a 4 1 ratio today in 13 degree temperatures. So if I start talking like this, it's because my face is freezing. I have no way of knowing this for sure, but I'm guessing a lot of you are listening from the Florida area, the southern United States, and this is the point when you think to yourself, 13 degrees, neener, neener. Anyway, like I said, I'm out for a five-mile run using a 4-1 ratio. I'm trying something a little different. Typically, I uh, put on my interval timer and head out the door. I got a suggestion recently from a listener. I believe it was Deborah. Deborah's been a very faithful listener and friend of the show for some time now. And she suggested that I put my timer on the uh, vibrate mode while I'm recording because as most or all of you are probably using the Galloway interval timer as well, it gets a little confusing when mine goes off. Very good suggestion. So hopefully I've fixed that issue today. So I took a quick glance at the calendar before I headed out today, and if I'm counting right, depending on when you're listening to this episode, we're down to about 20 days before the big event. So some of you have trained 
I know this for sure, over 30 weeks for this day. Some of you marathon, full marathon runners, and you half marathon runners have put in a heck of a lot of training as well. Um, So we're getting close. This might be the time where you stop whatever you're doing and scream. Uh, I'm not going to do that because I'm already running along talking to myself, drawing enough attention to myself as it is. But you marathon runners have uh, probably already completed your last long run, which according to Jeff should have been a 26 miler. And you half marathoners are about ready, if you haven't already, to run your last long run, which will be a 14 miler. And we'll enter into that state that we call the taper. Some people love it, some people hate it. One thing that I always think about when I hit that taper mode is that, well, the work is done, you've made all of the effort, you've kind of deposited all of it in the bank, and now you just sit back and hope for nice weather and see what Marathon Day brings. Well, according to Mr. Galloway, that's not true. There are still things you can and should be doing between now and race day to make sure you have the best race and the most memorable weekend that you can possibly have. I myself think that's rather reassuring to know that, you know, it's just not up to fate. You still have some sort of control over the destiny here. We'll talk to Jeff about what you can do between now and race day to improve your chances of having a great day and making this the best marathon experience you've ever had. We also have a great conversation with our marathon experts about various things, how things are going, setting up for this big day, some more information about pacing, Uh, a really good question from a listener or two, and a special guest during our roundtable discussion today. We'll have an expert to talk to us about the hotel accommodations, the layout of the city, Uh, one of those important things that if you haven't done already, you should certainly be doing like right now. That is, book your hotel. Oh, there's my little gym boss vibrating. Uh, I've never used it just on the vibrate mode, so a little afraid that maybe I wouldn't be able to tell when my walk breaks came, but the thing works like a charm. If you do not have that Galloway timer yet, it's 20 bucks. Uh, get one. It's uh, You can order it from Jeff's website. thing gets there in about three or four days, and uh, you'll be ready for your next weekend run. Anyway, lots of good information not to be missed. And as always, we'll chat a little bit at the end of the show.
you'll enjoy your extra mile. Again, it's time to get over to the um, Extra Mile podcast to finish Breast Cancer Hotline, and we've got with us this morning our special guest, as always, Jeff Galloway. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, Kevin. Jeff, you and I usually start these things with me um, asking where you're at and what the weather's like, and you typically tell me you're somewhere nice and warm, and I get all jealous about that. Um, That's not necessarily the case this morning, huh? I'm jealous of you, Kevin, and warm and balmy uh, Cincinnati area. I'm up in Missoula, Montana. First big snowstorm of the year, well below freezing. And uh, anyway, uh, I may be going on the treadmill today for my run. Well, that, you know what? That might be the first time in, in all of our hours of talking that I've heard you mention that treadmill, treadmill word. It's been about uh, six years since I last ran on a treadmill. Um, how much snow is up there? Well, at last count, they had about uh, seven inches, and that was just really a little over 24 hours. Uh, it, it hasn't been one of those dramatic things where it's just coming down so that you, you can't see. It just keeps going, you know, all day long in, in small flakes. It's beautiful. It's been dusting the trees and looks like cotton is all over the trees. It, it's beautiful to run. It just... I'm sometimes allergic to cold weather. <laughs> I don't blame you. And then there's always that safety factor. It's just sometimes if you if you got to run, you know, on some streets or something like that, it's just not safe, during, especially during the snow. Well, I did bring plenty of good um, breath thermo and, and other um, warm materials. Went out for a run yesterday in about 25 degrees, but there wasn't any wind. And it was on a trail that had been groomed. It, it was just gorgeous to run, um, but there's a lot more snow out there now than there was yesterday morning, so I'll have to wait and see on that today. Well, listen, the last time we spoke was three weeks ago, three to four weeks ago, something like that, and um, you've, I know you've been busy and, and all over the place in the last three weeks. Tell us a little, some of the highlights. I know you were down in Orlando for a while. We had a wonderful weekend for the Disney World Marathon. Um, I have worked with quite a few groups that put on multiple races, and I've not found anybody anywhere that consistently tries to improve their races like Disney does. Uh, I've now gone to every one of the Disney marathons, 19 of them, and they have gotten consistently better. Uh, And... um, As uh, a lot of you know who travel around the country and go to some of these other events, that simply is not the case with a lot of the race producers around. But it was fun. They had over 120 costume characters out on the marathon course. And it's just so amazing to see adults that look like hardcore uh, folks. Some look like uh, Marines and stuff. And They'll see their favorite character, and it's like they're little kids again, lining up to get their picture taken. <laughs> it's really neat. It's that whole Disney magic, isn't it? It is. And and the expo uh, has such a, an upbeat, fun, excitement uh, air to it, uh, which is also true about 
uh, Tinkerbell that's coming up weekend after uh, next on uh, the 20, uh, I guess the 28th of this month, 29th rather. I noticed that on your calendar. I thought it was rather funny. On the 29th of uh, January, you're going to be at the Tinkerbell, which is in Disneyland, California, obviously. Yes. Then not too long after that, um, I don't have the date here, but it's coming up too, the, the Princess the Disney's Princess Half. Oh, it's in, in February, at the end of February, just a month later. You're clear on the other coast at the uh, at Disney World. That's absolutely right. My my schedule does get uh, a little congested sometimes, and I love it. I love it being congested for these Disney events. They Each one is really fun, just lots of great people. Um, also, uh, I have to mention that I uh, was in... Uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana last weekend for a new event called the Louisiana Marathon. And it really was a fabulous marathon. It, it was really well conducted. They had a music festival afterwards that the runners got to go in free. Uh, they had activities throughout the weekend. And Baton Rouge is is just a, a nice southern town. It's It's a little laid back, but along the river and it's comfortable to be in and people are friendly so anyway that's one that you may want to think about if you're looking for a louisiana marathon great um and between we can't forget that between the tinkerbell um at the end of january and the uh princess half at the end of february you're going to squeeze another marathon in right there in the in the uh, on the weekend of the 10th 11th and 12th of, of february down in florida huh? the uh Breast Cancer Marathon, which we've been talking about for uh, a few months now, it is just a very special one for me because of my friendship with Donna and the fact that Donna has inspired so many people to uh, get off the couch, uh, a lot of them having ailments of various kinds, some of them undergoing breast cancer treatment. And a lot of these people have gotten back in touch with me to tell me, what it's meant to them and how they have been able to uh, empower themselves to enjoy life day by day. It, it, Donna is, is amazing. I support the event. Uh, if you've not been to the event, um, it, it's, it's very special because of the people along the course. They, they give you a feeling uh, unlike any other spectator group I've ever been because they like, they, they, they appreciate you being there and supporting the cause, and most of them have had some connection with breast cancer. Anyway, it's a fabulous event, and uh, I hope that uh, a lot of you who are listening can come, and if you can't come this year, we'd love to see you next year. 100% of the proceeds go to breast cancer research at Mayo Clinic and for care for women, so it, it's really just doing all the right things. One of the things that um, the whole weekend sounds like just you know an, an exceptional weekend, but one of the things that sticks out as I look at um, at the events of the weekend is the pasta party on Saturday yes. night, and there's going to be a a uh, distinguished panel of guests that uh, that Chris Twiggs is going to um, get a head up, and and um, a lot of your friends are up there, including you, um, Joan Benoit Samuelson. Don is going to be there, um, Bill Rogers, uh, that just, oh, and, and I think Bart Yasso, too, if I'm not mistaken. I believe he's going to be there this year, and uh, what a, a treat it is for me and, and for the folks in the audience, because you're going to 
get inspiration, some interesting stories, and and you'll laugh a while too. They, you know, each one of us uh, has our own little tweaks that uh, make it fun. Um, before before we get off the topic of, um, of of what you're doing these days, um, are you working on a, a book at the moment? Do you have a current book project going? I have finished the current project. Uh, it is being processed right now, and it is a hundred reasons why you should run now. And it's it's one pagers to to inspire you to get you from feeling low to feeling I want to get out and do my run and and enhance the way you're feeling currently. Uh, I went back and tabulated the things that have been told to me over the years as to why people wanted to get out there and, and what motivated them to uh, do their run. So anyway, that that's really a special book. I really am pleased with it. I've also just finished uh, redoing the Boston How to Qualify book. Uh, obviously, the Boston folks have done some rearranging of their time goals recently. Mm-hmm. And this year is the year that the new standards will be kicking in. Uh, so we had to add a program, and we've revised uh, a few of the other ones uh, because of the time goals now uh, are not only um, do you have to run a little faster than you did before, in general about five minutes faster per age group, but they don't give you the 59 seconds uh, over the standard as they used to, and uh, it's better to run at least 10 minutes faster than the time goal now because the slots close out so quickly now. So we have enhanced the training <laughs> in that book. Well, that's interesting. I mean, you know, you, um, obviously, everybody's talking a lot about those new um, the new requirements to get into Boston, but I never, never stopped to think that that completely impacts your training to get in there anymore. Yes, um, and, you know, Boston obviously is the closest a lot of folks are, will ever get to an Olympic experience, and, and it really does give you so many of those feelings. Um, so you have to be focused. It's very competitive to get in these days, with, by age group even, uh, which wasn't the case six, seven, eight years ago because Boston didn't even uh, fill up all the slots, and now they fill up you know, within a couple of hours. It, it's... It, You've got to be focused. So we've gotten into all those issues. Yeah. Well, listen, let's get into a little bit of training uh, discussion here. And right now, at, at the time you and I are speaking, it's down to a little less than um, than 24 days to uh, yes. race day. So if you're running the um, the marathon and you're um, following the To Finish um, program that's in the Galloway's Training Programs book, um, you've actually probably just or will um, will just finish your 26-mile-long run, your last of, of that of that program, and you're coming up on your very last run on if you're following the um, the half program of uh, 14 miles. So pretty much your training your training is in the bag, and you're starting to to think about something called the taper. So well, let's talk a little bit about the, the science, the data behind. Um, First of all, I'd like to talk the science and the data behind the distances of each long run, um, and then and why you pick a, a four-week taper for the 
for the full and a two-week taper for the half. Well, what I've discovered, Kevin, is that um, uh, you can hold 26 miles worth of endurance or longer uh, for four weeks. And so then the question becomes, do you want to run another one within that last four weeks if it doesn't do you any good to do that? And I've found that it really doesn't improve your conditioning or anything else by doing an additional long run. So that's why we schedule the long runs every four weeks. And, of course, we've had just amazing success with that. Now, uh, you do have to continue to run. (laughs) You can't just stop running because you need to maintain those adaptations that you have. And the simple way to do that is to run every other day. Uh, and 30 minutes are needed as a minimum on Tuesday, 30 minutes on Thursday, and then um, usually about an hour to an hour and 15 minutes on the weekend. Uh, That is the minimum. Now, there are a lot of folks that like to do more than the minimum, and that's absolutely fine, but realize that that is the minimum, and um, if you're recovering quickly and want to do a little bit more, that's absolutely fine. Okay, great. Well, listen, if our official training is about over, in, in the way of, of running at least, uh, let's talk a little bit about what we can still do to, that might make a difference on race day. Um, and there's, um, there's a few things that I'm interested in discussing right now. Can you take us through this thing you call a mental tour of the event? What, what is that and why would we want to think about doing that? And I guess how do we do it? Well, a lot of the stuff that I discovered when I wrote my mental training book applies in taking a mental tour. Uh, Basically, um, when you preview an experience that you're going to be going into, whether it be a a job interview, a challenging um, uh, discussion with your boss, uh, a um, talk with your kids about some discipline problem... These, when you rehearse these things in advance, you allow yourself to set up uh, what could happen, and it starts your brain really working on uh, possible solutions, things that may come up. If you're in a race situation, uh, you've had enough experience in the long runs to know what types of challenges you're going to have. And if you rehearse an event, Uh, mile by mile, or at least um, in five-mile segments. Uh, You can really prepare yourself mentally for the challenges and start to think of alternatives should problems come up. Uh, I will say that most people don't encounter anything that's brand new during a a marathon. They've gone through the, the situations during their long run, so they have a pretty good basis, experience base, of what could happen. So in that case, then, your rehearsal should be uh, going through the sections of the race where you expect to have challenges and uh, then uh, have possible solutions out there so that you can uh, take a a plan of action that can get you through it. Uh, In addition to that, there's a lot of information on the Breast Cancer Marathon website that will allow you to Uh, preview the course to get an idea of what you're going to be expecting. And I will say that the greatest challenge on this course comes at the end. Uh, At about 21-plus miles, you're going to be taking a rampway up 
to uh, J.T. Uh, Butler Boulevard, and um, there is an incline to get up on that rampway. Uh, normally, the, the incline for most people is not that great on a daily run of half an hour, but when it comes at 21 miles, you will feel it. It, it is a challenge, so just be aware of that. Shorten stride, take a few more walk breaks if you need, and uh, it, it shouldn't be a major problem. And then the final hill is the bridge, the same bridge you ran over uh, during the first mile of the race. It comes uh, at 25 miles in the race distance, and so just be prepared for that. Same principle applies, shorten stride, go down to baby steps if needed, take more walk breaks if needed, and just keep moving. One of the biggest mistakes I see in runners is when they encounter a hill or their muscles uh, start tightening up due to fatigue, they try to stretch out those, uh, those tired muscles, and that almost never provides any benefit and almost always causes the muscle to tighten up even more. Uh, it also produces a lot of injuries, so I really don't recommend that. So all these people that we see at that point uh, pulling off to the side and, and trying to you know, touch their toes and those kinds of things, you wouldn't recommend that at all at this point? No. Um, all through my career now of uh, almost 50 years of running marathons, that, that will occur next year. Um, and I guess you can say I'm in my 50th year of running marathons. Uh, but in any case, I have never seen anybody who stopped to stretch pass me in a race. <laughs> Even when I ran with my father in the 1996 marathon, running five hours, 59 minutes, and 48 seconds, there wasn't anybody who was stretching out their muscles that passed us at the end. And my dad was 75 years old. Um, talk a little bit about um, your, your concept of these magic words. What, what exactly are those again? And, and uh, you know, give us the what, why, and the how of the magic words. Uh, the magic words can activate parts of your brain that can, first of all, shift you into the frontal lobe. The uh, biggest downside on motivation occurs uh, from the stimulation uh, of negative hormones that the subconscious brain does under stress. And you will be under some stress when you get into a marathon or any long run. The good news is that by having a cognitive strategy, such as using some magic words, you shift control away from that subconscious brain that's just reacting by stimulating negative hormones to get you to slow down and, and stop uh, your, your moving forward. And you, by going into the frontal lobe with the magic words, then you can take action on whatever's going on right there. And the most positive action is to maintain a positive attitude. If you are focusing on positive, then you're going to reduce the negative. You're going to reduce the uh, stress, further stress buildup. Uh, you will then start creating, uh, stimulating positive hormones uh, to replace the negative one. So you can go from uh, what was a, a negative mindset into a neutral mindset, and then if you really start using these magic words effectively, you can move into a positive mindset. The magic words, as you will see in my mental training book and also 
in uh, Galloway training programs. They're, they're listed in both. Uh, what they do is they tap in to experiences where you have been challenged before on long runs or races. You've cataloged those according to certain keywords that are meaningful to you. I use three words, relax, power, and glide. Those are my magic words. You don't have to use those. You can use any, any words that mean something to you. But what I've done through the years, uh, last 45 years, is I have collected experiences where I started to lose it and, and then made it through or even uh, did extremely well. And each time I had a new experience where I was successful, I associated that race day experience with the magic words. So now when I say the words, I am uh, empowered by positive feelings uh, because they directly connect me back to uh, what I was feeling uh, at that moment. Uh, now, the way that this is done is you can go back in your memory bank. Uh, you can um, identify those days when you didn't feel good, you didn't feel like continuing, but you did, and you associate your key words with those experiences. The more experiences you uh, have, the more powerful and magical those words will be. Uh, feel free to use my experiences because uh, they are in the mental training book, my mental training book. They're also in Galloway's uh, Galloway training programs, uh, and they you can use other people's magic words to a, to an extent. They're a little more magical if they're your own. Sure. Yeah. There's a there's an entire chapter in the training programs book. It starts back on page 86. So I would recommend everybody get to either that book or the other book Jack mentioned and. Um, and make yourself familiar with some of those or, like you said, go through the exercise of um, coming up with your own. Um, lastly, yeah. um, first of all, I think it's great that now we're, we're done with the training other than the taper. And, and as you said, we're not really done, but, but at least you're, you're over that hump with the long runs. And yet there are, there are still some, some useful tools we have in our back pockets that will help us on race day. It's not, you know, it's not completely in the bank one way or the other right now. There's still a lot of work to be done between now and race day. Um, yes, there is. So, so help us now, as I said before, the training's over. Help us take all the data that we have from, you know, maybe some of us 30, 30-plus 30 weeks of training for this um, and put together any, any sort of plan. Help us to take the, maybe the magic miles or, you know, how we've been feeling or anything. How, how do we put together a realistic plan for race day and, you know, at what pace, at what ratio, and, and something that's really going to work for us and, and give us the best experience we, we, we can certainly have for this race. Yes, we're approaching game day, and um, we need to get that frontal lobe involved. The first and best way to do that is to use the magic mile or to use a uh, race that we have run, uh, such as a 5K race or uh, for marathoners, a half marathon. Uh, you take the pace per mile in your magic mile, your best magic mile. If you're doing the marathon, multiply by 1.3. If you're doing the half marathon, multiply by 1.2. Now, the time you will get in doing that math is going to be the very best prediction that you could possibly do um, given ideal conditions, which, of course, never, well, I won't say they never occur. They just don't occur that that often. So, 
uh, once you've made that math computation, uh, it's always better to add a fudge factor to it. If you haven't done any of the training, um, the speed training, uh, but you have done the long runs, then you definitely need to add somewhere between one minute to two minutes per mile. And those who are doing their first half or full marathon, I strongly recommend that you use the training pace that you found successful, uh, at least for the first two-thirds of the race. And during that last third, you can let the reins out on yourself if you want. And very gradually, just uh, pick up the pace as you feel uh, justified in doing so. And lastly, um, you have run more marathons, I'm pretty sure, than I have run races, period. So help <laughs> us, which means every every marathon that you have run, you've gone through the um, the, the um, process of packing the night before or packing for your trip. You got any tips or um, things we should make sure we think about as we plan our um, uh, that, that exact weekend and, you know, jump on an airplane or in a car and, and heading off to that? You're going to find a lot of that information in the Galloway Training Program's book and also in some of the other books. Uh, even in mental training, I have some of those lists. And the reason for putting it in the mental training book is that if you focus on certain procedures, you will shift into the frontal lobe and can take action over the nervousness that you will receive during the, the next uh, two and a half, three weeks. So your idea here is to uh, set up uh, a series of these lists that you'll find in the book and on my website and so forth, jeffgalloway.com, that will allow you to prepare and give you something cognitive to lock on to. In the case of the preparation list, they will have what to expect on race day and sort of a little script that you can uh, put yourself through. A lot of people just photocopy those and carry them with them. Uh, and it also has a list of things to pack in your bag. What I recommend to the folks I coach is that they have a little ditty bag uh, that's relatively small that will have all of their race day stuff and as you're thinking about this, you have it in your uh, bedroom. Uh, just stuff the things that you're going to need on race day. Um, you'll need your timer. You'll have uh, maybe if you need uh, or use some skin lube, you could put some of that stuff in there. Uh, your uh, the uh, running shirt and uh, shorts that you're going to use and. If it might be a cold day, which it could be, you put uh, an extra pair of, of longer running pants in there and so forth. Um, a lot of this is individual stuff. It's based on your past experience, but the, the list is in these books and, and on my website, and you can really uh, just check off those things, and that gives you a better feeling of confidence as you go through that whole process. Before we get off the topic of um, putting together our race day plan, I, I don't think it's. Um, I, I, I think we should also mention that this, at least from my perspective, and I've never done it. You've done um, four of them already, and this will be your fifth one. But 
this doesn't appear to be the kind of race that we necessarily want to go out there and, and get over with as fast as we can, you know, slow down, enjoy it, and just take in the, the scenery and the people of, of this one in particular more than maybe than any other race. There's no doubt about it. Uh, just the waiting for the race to start at the uh, Mayo Clinic. This is where uh, breast cancer research is conducted, and and um, a lot of discoveries are made there that have saved uh, millions of lives. It, it's a wonderful uh, thing to be right there where things are happening. So you're uh, around the uh, area, and then once the race starts, you go over the intercoastal waterway with marshlands that are beautiful. Um, and, and it's uh, early in the morning, uh, just uh, quiet, uh, beautiful. Uh, you move right over to Jacksonville Beach area and run parallel to the beach for a while, getting little glimpses. And then you head out onto the beach itself. That is really a, a wonderful part of the course. It's hard-packed beach. And you will be able to uh, spread out. If you were a little congested earlier, you can spread out while on the beach. Then you go through a series of beach communities. Uh, it, it's, and your point about not wanting to rush it is very appropriate because each one is different and unique. And the people come out, support the course, you laugh, you see the displays they have, the banners. Uh, they're encouraging you. Uh, you'll see people who uh, are breast cancer survivors along the course cheering you on, uh, their children, their their friends, thanking you for being there. Uh, unique experience in connecting with the crowd on this course. And it pulls you along and back across the bridge and then back to Mayo Clinic, and, and you enjoy the afterglow. It, it's a very special event. Uh, one of the most inspiring things to me is to see the, those who are undergoing breast cancer treatment run uh, oftentimes the half marathon. And, I mean, it's very difficult for me now to say on a given day, as I am up here in Missoula, oh, it's too cold and snowy, I'm not going to do it. When those women are getting out there, going through what they're going through, I'm totally inspired. Um, well, listen, Jeff, um, I, ex I, I appreciate your time this morning. And what I hope to do is maybe talk one more time very briefly with you right before uh, the big weekend, if we can fit it in your, your schedule, just a very quick one. Maybe go over um, any last-minute ideas we might have, but more particularly um, if there's a way for um, our friends out there to uh, maybe, um, maybe see what your plans are for the weekend. I assume you're going to be at the expo at some point? I definitely will, practically the whole weekend. There might be... Uh, you know, a few things that uh, uh, I'll be doing elsewhere um, for the uh, race organizers, but I'm going to be headquartered there. We uh, have uh, our program directors from the Galloway programs that will be coming in from all over the country, uh, Puerto, Rico, Puerto Rico and so forth, uh, and it's just going to be a wonderfully upbeat time uh, for all of us. So, I'm looking forward to seeing folks at the expo come by the booth, and if you have any questions, I'll be giving a bunch of different seminars. 
Good. Maybe we'll have some um, some details on some of the seminars and hours and that kind of thing for our listeners right before. And also, um, I hope to get to, uh, have a discussion with um, with Tim Deegan about the um, what the weather is predicted to be for that day. And, and maybe if we know, you know, obviously as we get closer, we'll know what the weather what to expect from the weather, and maybe we'll get some ideas from you um, how to make adjustments for whatever that weather uh, is anticipated to be. And, and then we'll just uh, send everybody out along along the, the course. Um, the last thing we, the last thing I want to ask you very briefly. You talked a, a minute ago about the um, the book project, 100 Reasons to Run Now. I did not ask you when we can expect that. I know it typically takes quite a while to to get from from your computer to the to, to a real book. What when can we expect that book? We are hoping in April, and uh, of course we'll be talking before then. So if it looks like it's sooner than that, I will let you know. Perfect. All right, Jeff, will you um, take care up there and um, be safe in all that snow and all those travels, and um, we will talk very shortly. I'm looking forward to that again, Kevin. I always enjoy and respect what you do. You do a wonderful job. Thanks, Jeff. Take care, buddy. Talk to you later. Bye. Let's head back over to the Extra Mile podcast to finish breast cancer hotline. And uh, once again, we've got our esteemed roundtable consisting of Donna Deegan, the founder and event chairman of the race, Amanda Napolitano, the executive director, Chris Twiggs, who, by the way, has the longest title as board member, race logistics chair, and the national program director for the Galloway Training Programs. And also we have a very special guest today, Ms. Um, Kim Ritten, the Senior Director of Sales at, Vin- at Visit Jacksonville. How's everybody doing this morning? Awesome. awesome. Great. Well, let's, um, before we get started, let's compare weather. It's um, I'm in Cincinnati. It is <laughs> minus, minus three. So if I want to like get on a jet and go run a marathon somewhere, uh, what's your weather been like down there? Well, we're in the 40s today, so uh, it's 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 a beautiful, bright blue, sunny day uh, in the 40s. So it would be actually perfect marathon running weather today. I would take I would take today for the marathon all day long. Oh yeah, as as one who ran Chicago a couple of years ago, it was about 85, 87 degrees. I think uh, I take 40 degrees also. Um, let's get started with you, Don, if you don't mind. I had just a couple of things I'm kind of curious about. We're only 29 days, I think, at this recording, away from Yikes, really? No. 29, that's what my Yeah, we've got a guy who actually on our Facebook page, you know, documents for us each day as we go down. He's been doing that for about a year, so it's it's fun to see that dwindle all the way down to, I, to just a few weeks. I saw that. He's a, uh, he's a listener of the show. He and I have uh, exchanged some emails back and forth about that. That's very cool. Uh, Good. So he's our he's our unofficial uh, team member, but yeah, our biggest cheerleader for sure. Well, hopefully he's posted, and he's posted um, 29 days as of as of this recording. So I'm curious, Donna, as this race, I know you've been just swamped with with um, different efforts, but as the race gets closer, um, where are your efforts concentrated, and, and and how have they changed from you know six months ago? What are you what are you working on these days specifically for the race? Well, I can say fortunately because um, Amanda has been such an incredible uh, director of all these efforts. Uh, my, my efforts are, are mostly um, relegated to, uh, to to just really trying to, to rally the troops here in in the very end. That's where most of my efforts are. And, and I tell you what's been so exciting about this fifth year is that, as you know, we had that big uh, fundraising challenge from uh, Dolores Weaver uh, from the Jaguars, and um, and since then people have just 
really come up with so many wonderful creative ways to raise money. So uh, just last night, as a matter of fact, we had a wonderful uh, fundraising dinner with um, with a foundation called the 110% Give Harder Foundation, which is a group of extreme athletes, basically, who um, who are, are going to race 110 miles uh, the day of the race and finish with the marathon on the marathon course and raise $110,000 while they're doing it. So my function at that last night, and Amanda joined me there, was really just to, to thank those folks and to get them fired up about what they're doing. And so they, and, and, and after I get off of the phone today, I'll be going over to the PGA Tour where we'll, we'll be kicking off uh, their marathon fundraising efforts and, and, and the PGA connection to what we do. So the really exciting thing for me at this point, honestly, has been that uh, I think this is the first year we have really connected in a big way with a lot of other groups who realize the value of what we're doing and, and want to fundraise. And so uh, primarily for me, beyond just uh, tying up details with Amanda, uh, my, my efforts are uh, to get everybody a focus toward getting that, those registration numbers um, done and then also just to get those fundraising efforts all in place so that we can raise uh, huge dollars by by the time our fundraising deadline comes up on March 31st. Well, I, I, I know um, as the listeners um, hear us say 29 days, a lot of them are going to get a little bit antsy knowing that this thing is, is just right around the corner. Um, right. Suppose, um, suppose we just want to get all of our T's crossed and I's dotted, and that's part of what we're going to talk about in a little bit, but... Um, and, and we want to make darn sure that we're, even though you know we have registered for this thing, to make sure you've got our names and, and we've got our bib numbers and everything. Is there a way we can confirm for a fact? Well, you should. You first of all, you should have received. You, for, you should have received a confirmation for your for your um, registration. Uh, but but I would encourage anybody. I, I I hate to ask people to inundate the pink line or, or or the office at this point. If you've gotten your confirmation, you can you can assume you're good to go. Plus. Um, you know, we're constantly sending out uh, information as the race gets closer. But uh, I, also, I always encourage people, uh, frankly, to, to, to go to the, to the Facebook page, the 26.2 with Donna Facebook page, because we just communicate with people 24-7 on that. I mean, that has really become our, our way of communicating uh, nine times out of ten. If people ask a question on the website, we're there. But um, I really think that, that if you've gotten your confirmation email, Please don't worry about it. You're in. <laughs> if you haven't, you may want to contact the pink line or the office or, or drop us an email and, and, and let us know, um, you know, that, that you haven't received your confirmation. But um, really, you're, you're good to go if you've gotten your confirmation email. All you want to do is make sure you've got your hotel booked because those really are filling up fast. Uh, and you want to make sure that you realize that you have to pick up your race number and your packet uh, at the expo. You cannot pick it up on race day. That has to be done ahead of time. And the expo is open a good long time on both Friday and Saturday. So people have plenty of opportunity for that. So I would say beyond um, making sure that you're registered, making sure that you've got your hotel, uh, making sure you know where the expo is and how to get there, get your shuttle routes down, uh, get your means of transportation down. Um, really, you should be in good shape. But if you have any questions, we're, we've always got somebody paying attention to that Facebook page. So we're, we're right there. Good. Um, here, here's an all-important question for um for you about the race, and, and it's, it, it is very important to the runner. Tell us a little bit about the swag we're going to get at, at this race. 
Well, you know, I have to say, and I know I'm biased, but I think we always have the best swag in the business. You know, we, we, we travel around to all kinds of expos around the country, and, and um, we just love to, we love to see our runners' faces when they, when they look in their bags. We have all kinds of great, especially this year, fifth anniversary um, items that are going to be in the bag. Um, the, the, the race medal, obviously, is, is a special anniversary edition this year. The shirt is a special anniversary edition. Uh, Peter Book Chocolatier, and I don't know if everyone is familiar with Peter Book, but most should be at this point. Really, the best chocolate you could ever put in your mouth um, is 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 uh, is giving away absolute confection in this year's um, uh, race bag. So uh, you really can't do much better than getting gourmet chocolate in your race bag, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Try to save it to the end of the race. Well, yeah, or not. You know, either way, I, I don't know if I would have that. I don't know if I would have that um, that discipline, but. Um, I think I think it's always a good time for chocolate, Kevin. I don't think there's a bad time for it, really. Um, you spoke about um, um, going to other marathons a little bit earlier. The Disney Marathon. You did you have a booth at the Disney? Did I see? You know, actually, we didn't. We'll be at the Princess, uh, but but um, but we were not at the Disney Marathon this year. I know we had folks, a lot of folks that went and ran it, but we were not actually at the Expo this year. Yeah, somebody on the call ran that ran that race. We're going to get into that a little bit later as well. Um, uh, Amanda, um, one more time. We're getting close. Like I said, take us through the um, just briefly the race weekend events, starting with the um, the Friday night and right up until after the, the race is over. Could you do that for us, please? Absolutely. Well, uh, to Donna's point, it's very important that everybody plan to get in a little early. Um, if you're coming in from out of town, make a weekend of it. You know, fly in on Thursday or Friday morning so that you can get into the expo. Um, the expo will open at noon on Friday, February the 10th. Um, it's our health and fitness expo presented by ASI, and uh, it will be held at the Prime Osborne Convention Center in downtown Jacksonville. Um, and that's when you can come in and pick up your packet, get your Peterbrook chocolate. Um, and there's, there's more than 110 different um, vendors there with all kinds of great deals on shoes and apparel, and, of course, your 26.2 with Donna official merchandise because you got to get all the stuff with our running ribbon on it so that you can, you can uh, dress to impress on Sunday. Um, and then following the expo, um, we are going to do a special screening of Jim Benoit Samuelson's documentary, There Is No Finish Line. Um, this is a, a wonderful event on Friday evening. starts at 8 o'clock, um, and it is at the Times Union Center for the Performing Arts which is only about two blocks from the Tom Osborne. So it's, it's a really nice little, little walk down the block um, to the Times Union Center um, to check that out. Um, it's presented by a Key Buick GMC, which is a great partner of ours. And Joan Benoit will be there, um, and she's going to kind of open things up, and we'll watch this beautiful documentary about her just fantastic contribution to the sport of running. And, um, and then she'll be available to answer everybody's questions. And it's a very intimate setting, so that's really awesome. Um, to uh, reserve your seat for that, we're asking for a $20 donation, uh, and you can call the office to, to go ahead and reserve your seat now. Um, the office number uh, you can put on your website, Kevin, okay. but it's 904-551-0732. And uh, you can also pick up uh, your reservations for that at the expo on Friday, uh, assuming we have seats left. So um, that's going to be a great, great evening. And then um, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed on Saturday morning, February the 11th, we'll get everybody out to warm up 
at our uh, 26.2 Adana 5K in Family Fun Run, presented this year by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Um, it is also at the Prime Osborne Convention Center where our expo is located, so very convenient. You can come out, um, registration and check-in opens at 7 a.m. and the 5K starts at 8.30 um, so that you could immediately after your 5K run uh, roll into the expo that opens at 9 o'clock. Um, there's also a uh, fun run for the kids at 9.30, and uh, we have some really great cute little medals to give those guys. So, so it's a great family event for everyone, and the, the um, fun run is at 9.30. Um, that is a ton 5K, so we'll have uh, age group awards for that. Um, it should be a lot of fun this year. Um, the Expo, of course, opens at 9, and it stays open until 6 p.m., um, and that's the last point in time where you can pick up your packet. So please make sure that you're, you're at least in town um, by 6 p.m. on Saturday. Uh, get down to the Tom Osborne Convention Center and uh, pick up your expo packet uh, with your number and your, your timing chip and all of that fun, fun stuff. And then on, um, and I know we want to talk about transportation a little later, Kevin, so I'll, I'll hold that, but one of the new things we're offering this year is transportation to and from our expo on Friday and Saturday, so we'll want to make sure to mention that later. Okay. Um, and then um, we have a pasta party on, um, on Saturday night. So as soon as the expo closes at 6 o'clock, you can walk into the lobby of the Tom Osborne Convention Center where we'll hold our our pasta party, and um, this year we're going to have some very distinguished guests um, speaking at our party, and um, Chris actually is going to facilitate that, so he can talk about that a little later on in the call. Great. Suppose a lot going on, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> Before we get off the expo, Amanda, um, God forbid I can't make that expo. Is there an option to have somebody pick up my, my uh, packet for me? Well, you'll certainly be missing out because our expo is, is, in my opinion, one of the best in the country. But, uh, you know, life happens and sometimes you can't make it. Um, so you can get your buddy to pick it up for you. The best thing to do to make it easiest on our volunteers is to make a, a photocopy of your driver's license and give it to your buddy. Um, and then that person won't have any problems at all picking up your, your stuff for you. Great. Um, now on Sunday after after the big races, I, um, I, I know there's a, tons of people down there at the finish line. How do I? Um, what, what kind of arrangements can I make to, to meet up with my family after this? Sure. Well, we have this wonderful um, part of Runners Village, which is um, this, this this party that we have set up for everyone at the finish line. Um, there there is a section of Runners Village called Family Reunite, and um, and this section of, of Runner's Village uh, has some signs, uh, alphabetical signs from A to Z. Um, so the easiest thing to do is to, is to have a code, maybe it's your last name, um, where, okay, we're going to all meet under the F sign, and uh, you can meet up with your family that way after you've crossed the finish line. Great. Uh, Mr. Twiggs, how are you doing this morning? Oh, terrific, Kevin. I am having a great time because I'm not in Ohio where it is brutally cold. <laughs> Go on. Twist that little dagger in there a little bit. I just um, want to encourage everyone who's listening to come to Florida where the weather is great and we love our marathons. Um, speaking of marathons, you were at Disney 
just, uh, what, a week and a half ago? How'd that go? Absolutely. I never miss it. You and uh, you and Mr. Galloway, I know. How did uh, how'd your marathon go? Oh, you know, it was. Uh, this is something that's, that's an interesting thing for us all to learn. Uh, well, two things. One, if somebody takes this long to answer a question, that means you didn't run a particularly <laughs> fast time. Uh, which, which, by the way, is relative. But go ahead. It's all relative. It is. It is relative. I'm fully aware of that. It, but then, you know, no matter how many marathons someone has run, and I've, I've run a lot of them, uh, the distance is still a challenge, and you just never know what you're going to get. And uh, so the run did not uh, go the way I'd hoped. I, I had pneumonia going into it, and so my body just didn't give me the sort of, uh, sort of time that I was hoping for, and I recognized that early on. One of the nice things about the Disney races, and, and this is also true, of 26.2 with Donna, there's so much fun stuff to see and do along the course that even if you're going to be out there longer than you hoped, you're not going to be bored and it's not going to be a bad thing. And so I was able to relax and have fun and get my picture taken with a whole lot of characters. And uh, and that was my 19th consecutive Walt Disney World Marathon. So I'm, I'm pleased to have, have completed that and uh, continued my streak. Good for you. Um, let's talk a little bit about the uh, the Galway training programs in specific to the Jacksonville um, training program. I know you and Amanda are both big into that specific um, yeah. training program. What um, what's going on with that one? What's uh, what's your most recent long run? Where are you at in your training program with those guys? Oh well, this is an exciting day, Kevin, because uh, I am I'm getting all of our coolers ready, and I just had a phone call with someone who's providing some of the food for us. We are running our 26-mile training run in the morning. In fact, we have... We are. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) You are not, Amanda. You are not running 26 miles. That was was Donna. Oh, that was Donna. I'm sorry. Yes, and I know I am running 26 miles. I realize that. I'm just... You are, absolutely. But, uh, and, and so we're really excited about that. We have some groups starting very, very early in the morning, and, uh, and we are all going to be out there and have just a great celebration. This is one of the things that makes all of our Galloway programs special is that when we're training for a marathon, we have a 26-mile training run. In fact, some of our alumni who are targeting faster times will tack on three or four miles to that and run 29 or 30 miles. And so it's a celebration. It's a lot of fun. Of course, we do that run, uh, as Jeff recommends, at least two minutes per mile slower than if we were doing the marathon itself. We take lots of walk breaks and have a lot of fun. So I'm really looking forward to it. It's, it's one of my favorite days of the year. Well, listen, before I get to my next question, you, you called you called Amanda out there for a second, and, and in case we have any listeners out there thinking, why is Amanda not running tomorrow morning? Amanda, tell us all why you're not running 26 miles tomorrow morning. Well, you know, I'm going to need some more help in the office, so we've decided that we'll just create help. So I'm expecting my second child and uh, uh, this little girl. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, this little, little girl is, is coming in June. So I will be the uh, Buddha belly cheering everyone on uh, in just a, a, a month out. So. Your excuse, then, we're, right, Chris? We're excited for our new team member. We really are. We're gonna we're gonna put her to work right away. 
That, that is definitely an excused absence. Although, actually, yeah. Amanda still has to be out there. She's going to be our, our number one cheerleader. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I will I will run probably eight miles, so I'm definitely still running. I, I don't think that um that um those pregnant runners out there need to, to stop what they love just because they're they're making a baby. But um the marathon distance I think I will uh I will uh sit this one out this year. Well, congratulations. Um Chris, I had Thank a you. um back to the um training program uh, um topic. I had a Facebook question from from a listener who wants to know. We have talked a lot about about the about the uh, marathon pace groups, but she's asking about pace groups for the half marathon. Um, is, is that is that an option this year? It sure is. Um, we have always had folks that take advantage of our marathon pacers when running our half marathon, and then that's one nice thing about the way our race works is that for about six miles of both races, everyone's together. We have a common starting line. We have uh, we have a common starting time. And so for the first six miles, if you are running the half marathon, and let's say, for example, you wanted to run the half marathon in two and a half hours, you can start with the five-hour pacers for the marathon and run with them for the first six miles. And then when the two split, you've had plenty of time to get used to that pace, and then you turn around and you and you go back. Last year, for the first time, we did add a half marathon pacer for the two-hour time because that was the most requested time we had for the half marathon. And this year, we have expanded a little bit, and we are going to be offering half marathon pacers starting at one hour and 50 minutes. So if people are going to do the half marathon faster than that, then they should um, they should fall back on that second plan that I mentioned, which is go with a marathon group that is going double the time. But anyway, the half marathon uh, pacers will start at one hour and 50 minutes, and we'll have them spaced uh, throughout from 150 to two hours and 40 minutes. And then there'll be a bit of a break. There, there'll be pacers at 150, two hours, 210, 220, 230, and 240. And then we will have uh, an additional group of pacers at three and a half hours. And the reason we decided to add some half marathon paces at three and a half hours is because that is sort of the traditional cutoff for half marathons. Now, we don't have to, our half marathoners don't have to be done in three and a half hours. In fact, they have the same amount of time our marathoners do. So it makes us, I think, the uh, most walker-friendly half marathon in the world because they have up to seven hours to walk uh, or finish that half marathon. But we decided to put some three-and-a-half-hour paces in there just so that folks would have something to shoot for, and then uh, they know that if they finish with that group or ahead of that group, that could give them confidence to go and run another half marathon later on or somewhere else if they care to. Uh, the, The number of extra pacers that we're getting is because of a new program that has started here in Jacksonville, which is called Marathon High, which is a program uh, targeted at high school students to get them training at their schools and and then running our half marathon. That's interesting. Um, um, lastly, before I let you go, let's talk a little bit about this um, facilitator job you've got at the pasta party on Saturday night, is it, right? 
Yeah, boy, this is going to be exciting. <laughs> I saw the uh, the list of people who are going to be on that panel, and it's really a who's who of running. Can um, tell us a little bit about that? Well, this is uh, this is something that I'm I'm really um, as you can tell I'm really excited about this. We have a group of of celebrity runners, uh, some of the folks that uh, that everybody wants to hear from, and who make uh, make a big splash at whatever marathon they go to. Uh, we have Joan Benoit Samuelson, we have Bill Rogers, we have Jeff Galloway. Uh, they've, they've come to our race uh, many years in the past. Uh, also, Keith Brantley, who's one of our board members and a, uh, a former elite marathoner, competed for the U.S. in the Atlanta Olympics at the marathon distance. Uh, Don is going to be a part of the panel. Uh, and Bart Yasso is also going to be here. So folks that, that go and talk at awesome parties and at marathon expos all around the world, and they're all going to be here uh, for our pasta party. And so rather than having them each get up and, and do their own talk, which could, could fill the evening, we're putting them on a panel and giving folks an opportunity to submit questions if, if you go to breastcancermarathon.com and pull up the information about the pasta party. There's a, a spot on there that encourages folks to tweet their questions for the panel. And I will have the opportunity to ask those questions and throw in some of my own questions and what we're going to get to learn from and hear some great stories from these legends. Nice. Nice. That's, pretty, that's pretty exciting stuff. Um, I, I you think bet. Tripping over my tongue if I had all those guys, all those people up on stage trying to talk to them. So, congratulations on on that gig. Yeah, I don't even I don't even remember how uh, I convinced uh, Donna and Amanda to let me do that. I'm excited <laughs> that I get to do that. Good for you. Um, lastly, we've saved um, a pretty important topic here with um, Kim Ritten. Kim is the senior director of sales for Visit Jacksonville. Good morning, Kim. Good morning. Uh, first of all, I just oh, go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Kim. Well, I just I just first just wanted to, to start off by saying that uh, Visit Jacksonville, along with all of our Jacksonville hotels and entire hospitality community, we are so honored and proud to be a partner with 26.2 with Donna, and we have since day one, year one and the Donna Foundation, and we are so excited again this year on its fifth year to welcome back all the runners, family, and friends who will be in Jacksonville next month. So thanks for having me. Um, Visit Jacksonville. Tell us a little bit about what that is and uh, what what your role is. Certainly. Visit Jacksonville is the official Convention and Visitors Bureau of the city. We are the official marketing arm for the city where we do go out and we're responsible for helping to brand and sell our city to conventions, meetings, special events, sporting events, and of course tourism and inviting visitors here to spend uh, fun time uh, with us as well. Uh, My role is to oversee our sales efforts of doing just that. Uh, We have a team of directors who go and travel to trade shows to, again, market and sell the hotel to all of those entities that I just um, spoke of. And obviously that's at um, visitjacksonville.com, right? Yes, correct. Good. Um, Before we get into some of the specific 
uh, Jacksonville city details. I'd like to, uh, Donna mentioned earlier about making sure you get your hotels booked. And um, you all have worked with um, with the 26.2 with Donna to get some to put together a list of preferred hotels. Can you tell us a little yes. bit about um, why are they preferred? How do we find out who they are, and, and what exactly does that mean to a, to one of the runners? Absolutely. Um, well, I did mention we have uh, a wonderful hotel hospitality community that has been on board. Uh, with the race and uh, supported the foundation, uh, not only by providing rooms, but also financially, which I want all of the runners to know that um, the hotel and hospitality community has stepped up um, to make a difference financially. Um, These two host hotels that I want to mention first, the Omni Jacksonville located downtown, which is uh, closest to the Expo, Prime Osborne Center, is um, host hotel number one next to the um, Expo. And then we've got One Ocean Resort and Spa, which is on the race route in Atlantic Beach and right on the beach, gorgeous hotel. The other preferred hotels are located in different uh, locations along the race route. Uh, Again, some of them downtown, closer to the Expo and then again throughout the city. But these preferred hotels are offering special rates. They're offering um, most, I think, all of them have been, again, with Donna since day one of the race. And so they know the runners. They know the needs of the runners. Um, There are waters and fruits and granola bars race morning, I think, by 4 a.m. for the real early risers and those getting out early. So we do have those listed, and then we have an additional list of hotels for overflow selection, and all of these listings can be found on the homepage of 26.2. If you go under travel and click that, that will take you to uh, a travel page, and on that page you will see the specifics of One Ocean Resort and the Omni. And then if you click again to the travel portal link, on that page, that will take you to a microsite link, which we've created that lists the preferred hotels and another link that takes you to the additional hotels. And then those listings show distance to start finish line, distance to the expo. So whether you're looking to be closer to that start finish line or you want to be closer to the expo, Um, you want to be on the race route, that kind of information is there for you. Um, Perfect. In in the past, when I've I've arranged for marathons in in out-of-town cities that I'm not necessarily that familiar with, I always try to make sure that um, I call the hotels directly at their lines as opposed to maybe their their national toll-free things. Is that you recommend that? Yes, and all of the local um, phone lines are listed on that website. And I do strongly recommend, uh, because the hotels, again, they're aware of the race when it is and will um, definitely make sure that all the participants get that group rate. Great. Uh, Amanda, you spoke earlier about um, transportation. This is probably a good spot to talk about that. And, and I know that some of these hotels are not necessarily within walking distance of the, um, the start and finish line. So transportation becomes very important. Can you talk a little bit about the, um, the the whole area of transportation on race day? Absolutely. Um, we are we're really excited this year about transportation, Kevin. And I know we talk about being excited about just about everything we do, but we have a new transportation partner this year. Um, we have hired a company 
that has vast experience in large events. Um, they're the same transportation company that has worked at the Olympic Games, at the World Cup, and now 26.3 with Donna. So we, we are just so excited about um, the quality of the transportation that we're going to provide to our runners this year. Um, the volume of buses, uh, we've increased. Uh, last year I think we had about 80 or to 85. We will have more than 100 bus shuttles on race morning to make sure that everybody gets to the starting line on time. Um, which, by the way, is an hour early. I know we talked about this before, but the race starts at 6.30. Um, the reason we're starting a little early is because the tides have to be just right when we get everybody on the beach, and um, we're not planning a duathlon, so we don't want anybody swimming. Uh, so, um, so we're going to kick the race off at 6.30. So that means our shuttle buses will start at 3.30 a.m., and uh, the final departure for runners for the shuttle's race morning will be 5.30 a.m. So that will give you, um, you know, an hour to make it to, make it to the start line. Um, there is plenty, plenty, plenty of coffee and bagels and water and Gatorade and, you know, all of the things that you need in Runner's Village race morning. So, so never fear once you get there and you have to wait an hour or so. We'll make sure that everybody is... Uh, is juiced up and ready to go. But um, but anyway, back to the, the shuttle plan. All of the preferred hotels that Kim just mentioned are on our, our race shuttle hub route. Um, they're, they're clearly listed on our website under the transportation and parking section, and they're also indicated on the list as you're searching for what hotel you want to stay at. Um, that makes it super easy because you can roll out of your bed, Come down to the lobby. The hotel knows how to how to treat our runners with um, some morning, you know, coffee and 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 fruits and bagels and water, and then just hop on that bus that's going to be sitting right outside the the lobby doors and and head on down to Mayo Clinic. Um, and then that where they drop you off at our at our in Runners Village is exactly where you'll go and pick up that bus back to your hotel after you finish. And the buses will be running all day long to and from all of those hotels. Super, um, Kim. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna catch a flight um, and come down to that gorgeous city in the gorgeous weather, um, I, I might want to extend my my um, visit down there and see some some other things in that city. Um, where where can we? Do you have any ideas off the top of your head, or where can we go to find out what else is there to do in that town? I mean, we're going to be pretty busy for the weekend, but. You know, for those well, who might I stay a little bit longer. Oh, absolutely. And I do encourage uh, families to arrive earlier or stay later so that you can um, participate and really have more of an experience of Jacksonville because Jacksonville, there is so much to do. And I don't know that if people realize that Jacksonville is the largest city in the country with over 840 square miles. And we have over 111,000 acres of parks, which makes us the largest urban park system as well. Um, so when you talk about runners and loving the outdoors, we have so much to do outdoors as well. Um, we like to refer Jacksonville as the river by the sea because of all of our waterways. And the thing that I love about this marathon is that it's allowing so many of the people who are coming to the city to see just that because the race 
is on the beach. You get to see miles of our stunning white sandy beaches, and you do run over our intercoastal waterway. Our St. John's River is through downtown, so when you're at the expo, you, you see some more of the water. So if you want deep sea fishing, intercoastal fishing, kayaking, canoeing, you want to go spend the day at one of um, one of our attractions. We've got awesome museums. The zoo is one of the top in the country. Um, we've got um, we've got national parks. So there's just so much to do. We've got all that listed on our website. So if people wanted to go uh, from that microsite or go straight to our site at www.jacksonville.com. We have um, everything and anything you'd ever want to know about what to do here in Jacksonville. Great. You mentioned the, um, the, the, the many uh, parks you've got down there, recreational areas. Um, I, um, I received a call to our comment line from a uh, listener by the name of Rachel who um, has a, an interesting question that, um, about camping when she comes down there. So if it's all right, let me play this audio, and um, we can address that after we hear her question. Certainly. Hey, Kevin and all you extra milers. This is Rachel from Raleigh, North Carolina, um, calling in. I guess I'm calling into the 26.2 with Donna uh, podcast. I listened to the first episode and I'm really kind of anxiously awaiting installment number two. Um, three weeks ago, I successfully completed my first ever marathon, the Raleigh City of Oaks Marathon here in North Carolina. Um, it was just a fabulously memorable experience for me. I crossed that finish line with a huge smile on my face. Um, my husband and my daughters were running at my side across the last 100 yards. My parents were there cheering me on, and several friends had come out to, um, to cheer for me and to support me along the course. It was just amazing. I, one of the highest experience emotionally in my life. Um, so thanks so much to you and Jeff for making my initiation into the world of marathon marathon running such a great experience. Um, so here it is just a few weeks later, and I'm already making my plans for future marathons. Uh, I just, I'm not definite yet, but I'm really, really hoping that I can be a part of the 26.2 with Donna on February 12th. We'll see how travel plans shape up for our family of four. Um, Kevin, I've got a question that I was wondering if you could pass along to the organizers for discussion, perhaps at the next roundtable. We're hoping that our family can make the trip down to Jacksonville and turn it into a bit of a vacation for everybody, maybe staying four or five days. Um, we usually do most of our traveling in our old RV camper, which we love and have put many miles on. Nowhere on the Marathon website did I see any information about the possibility of camping. Um, any chance that you can ask some of the Jacksonville folks for some recommendations? I know if I look on the web, they list um, there's some state parks nearby and commercial RV parks and things like that, but I'm wondering if you guys could give us the inside scoop on possible camping facilities nearby, ideally a park that maybe has uh, biking trails or access to a lake or a beach or something that our family can, um, can do when I'm not running. Um, so there's no way I think that all four of us could swing it traveling down there and staying in a hotel and paying for um, takeout meals and everything like that. But if, if we can make it and do it camping, we could save a ton of money on the lodging 
as well as the food since we could make everything right at our campsite. So any tips would be greatly appreciated. And I really, really hope to get to meet many of you in person in February. Um, thanks so much for all you do. Your program and your friendship have added so much to my running. Have a great week, everybody, and I'll talk to you soon. This is Rachel in Raleigh. Thank you. Okay, Kim, good question. Um, hotels are gorgeous down there. Some of us are campers. Um, do you have some uh, suggestions? And I'm a camper myself, so um, I'm glad that she uh, she posed that question. Yes, we have um, several camping facilities and several that are beach camping facilities. One of the closest that will be to the uh, the race location is Hannah Park. It's out on our Mayport uh, North Atlantic Beach area, and uh, that's available for RV, tent, and cabins. They have a few cabins you can even rent. Uh, we've got Little Talbot Island State Park and Huguenot Memorial Park, which is on your way up to Amelia Island area. Again, on the beach, beautiful, lots of spacious um, areas there. You go to our north side, coming into Jacksonville, you can, um, you can find Flamingo Lake RV Resort. We've got Riverfront RV Park and Pecan Park RV Park. That's pretty close right off of Interstate 95, again, coming into Jacksonville. I'm going to make sure that I put all of these locations on the uh, microsite along with the hotels with each of those web links so people can go there uh, and find the link, find out how you can book your, um, whether it's the RV or your tent spot, and make that easy. Great, and I'll, uh, I'll post a uh, link in the show notes to that uh, location as well. Um, okay. We're about wrapping up, but in the vein of making sure we mention um, anybody we can who is actually supporting this marathon. Amanda, um, the marathon does have a supporting airline, does it not? We do. Um, we're flying many of our VIPs in um, on JetBlue Airlines. Um, they've been a partner of ours for many years, and um, and um, they they offer us wonderful um, uh, vouchers. Um, so that we don't have to pay to get a lot of these, these great panelists, for example, on our on our pasta uh, dinner panel. Um, so that helps us out as a charity a, a whole bunch, and we'd love for for our runners to to consider flying on their airline. Um, there's a lot of, of really wonderful fares uh, for runners coming in and out um, on that airline. Um, in particular, Puerto Rico, which I think is fantastic. So if we have anybody listening from from Puerto Rico, you can get some great rates on JetBlue in and out of Jacksonville. I don't know. I'm thinking more about getting to Puerto Rico as opposed to getting to Puerto Rico myself. Uh, yeah, that's at JetBlue.com. I'll put it. I'll post a link there too. And um, so, uh, um, yeah, let's all support anybody who's supporting this marathon as well. Um, I appreciate everybody's time today. I know everybody's been busy with this thing coming up, and um, I, I, I know it's a it's an effort to get everybody together. I appreciate it. Um, I'm going to try to put one more episode together, very short one before. Um, before the race, maybe with some last-minute details, anything that might crop up, and um, maybe the all-important weather report that I know everybody's going to be uh, pretty interested in before this thing, this thing begins. Uh, once again, I appreciate everybody's time, and um, thanks again, and um, you all have a good training week. Thank you. We'll see everyone thanks, in Jacksonville. Thanks, Kevin. Okay, see you all.
so. You're tapering, but you still have things to do, huh? Good stuff from Jeff. Great stuff from the uh, race organizers once again. And like I said, I think it's pretty reassuring that there's still stuff to do between now and race day. Uh, it takes your mind off a lot of different things, and it gives you that feeling of being in control. It is my intention to post one more, probably very short episode of this podcast, very, very close to race day. The logistics of getting everybody together, as you can imagine, uh, are a little difficult, and I would expect to become more difficult as race day gets here. But at least if I can pull this off, my plan is to get everybody else together along with another special guest to talk about some important things you should know right before you leave town to head to Jacksonville or toe the line at the marathon. So I would ask that you keep an eye on your iTunes feed to see if I can't get something posted on uh, maybe the Wednesday or Thursday right before the marathon. Hopefully I can pull that off. And the last item I thought I would discuss in today's episode is the what's next question. With regard to this podcast, I would very much appreciate some feedback after the race. We have made some pretty big claims during this series of podcasts about just how good this race is organized and how it is more than just a race. It's an experience. So, to that end, I would love to hear from you how things went as compared to how we said they would go. If you would be so kind, send me an audio clip or just call the comment line and give us all an idea as to how things went. And also, very importantly, if you have any constructive criticism, I am certain that the amazing people that put this race on would love to hear it. Although everybody feels like this is the best run marathon on the planet, uh, there's no doubt there can always be a little room for improvement uh, to make it better, and if nothing else, to help keep it the best marathon on the planet. So if you've got some constructive criticism, we'd love to hear from you as well. Uh, depending on what kind and how much feedback I get, I will either put another episode of this podcast out, or I will include it in my other podcast, the Extra Mile Podcast. Most of you probably are aware of that podcast as well, but if not, some of you might have just joined. Uh, maybe you got some new iPods for Christmas or something. But anyway, that podcast can be found at theextramilepodcast.com. And show notes for today's episode 
our comment line number and everything you need to know about getting in touch with us for this podcast can be found at www.theextramile262.com. And until next time, good luck and y'all enjoy your extra 26.2 miles. for joining us on this episode of the Extra Mile podcast to finish breast cancer. Please visit our website at www.theextramile262.com to see the show notes for this episode of the podcast. You can email us with your feedback about the show or any questions for Jeff or our virtual table of experts at extramile262 at gmail.com. If you'd like to call us with your audio comments and questions, please call our listener comment line at 206-339-8741. I love you to the moon back, Daddy. I love you to the moon back, Daddy.